0: Let's bring up our second guest. He's a tremendous video creator, outstanding video creator, got a wonderful YouTube channel that's a resource for learning all things about video editing and on-camera presence and putting together how-to videos. And he's also an actor, been on the longest-running show in Canadian television history, practically two decades. He's been a a fixture on that show. And uh, he's Michael Kenny, Michael Kenny Media, and he's putting together a mastermind group to teach people and, and help them elevate their video creation, and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Michael, welcome so much to Livestream Deals.
1: Well, Ross, thank you for having me, and thank you for that great introduction. And I have to tell you, literally 30 seconds before you were coming to me, my microphone just stopped working. So I had to, I had to quickly get out of the green room and swap another mic in, and uh, so here I am. With Looks this, like you, you know
0: one with the Samsung Q2U.
1: Yeah, I did. I did, of course, um, from your recommendation from many moons ago. <laughs> but it is my backup. I always have it handy on my desk here, just it's for a, situations like this.
0: It's a great but, backup. I, I use it as a backup. I mean, if I can't something isn't working with the audio interface of the computer they're not working together you can always grab that that uh digital uh mic that that uh usb mic and plug it right into the computer and get right back on and uh your audio sounds great as it always does tell us about the mastermind community that you're putting together and what you hope to achieve with that Sure. So um, the mastermind or the the member
1: site is really an expansion of what I'm doing on YouTube right now on my YouTube channel. So on my YouTube channel, I do tutorials showing people how to use video software, but I try to make it very uh, approachable. And it's really focused on people who aren't necessarily tech savvy. So I'm really showing the details, but I'm doing it in a way that people can actually learn. So I started getting a lot of engagement from these videos and I've been doing this my channel's been About two and it's about two and a half years old now So I get a lot of engagement in the comments from people. It's really great and I try to engage back and I start getting into the conversations, but I realize that I can't really deal with uh, people's problems concerns um, In the YouTube comments really effectively and so I thought to myself well, maybe I need a space where I can really interact with people people on a different level. So I thought to myself, well, should I do you know uh, uh, courses or or something like that? And I thought, well, again, there's that situation where you're delivering content, but a lot of times, particularly with video, which you know is can be complex. there's a lot of follow-up questions and you end up having a conversation, and that's really how people learn effectively. So I decided, well, why don't I create a community? Um, around video creation that's really practical video creation, and it's for um, primarily a non-techie audience. So that's where the idea came from.
0: Uh, it sounds great. Can you talk a little bit about some of the elements uh, for a non-techie audience that that goes into creating videos that they can learn through joining the member community?
1: Sure. So um, the sort of the bedrock or the main uh, aspect will be uh, mini courses, because you do need content. And I have found with video creation, um, people like to watch the content again and again. So when you have um, sort of video on demand content, people can go through it, play it back, stop if something doesn't make sense. And so that's the bedrock of the of the membership or the, the mastermind. Then the, the part that's really exciting to me uh, is the community forum where people actually get to interact. We get to talk about things. I get to answer questions, take it deeper and really help people with, with their problems and issues. And also where people can sort of share ideas and their experiences around video creation. And then the third element will be a live monthly mastermind q&a so things people may want more information about something that's happening say in the forum or maybe people have a specific topic they want to cover like say for example you know how do i make a, a video marketing funnel for youtube so in that case you know i put together a very focused session and have a Q and A. So I'd be teaching a bit and then taking people's questions. So those are the three major elements of the mastermind.
0: Where do you think most people need help when it comes to improving at video creation, particularly in the type of videos that tend to succeed on YouTube? Um,
1: That's a good question. There's, excuse me, there's a number of, excuse me, another, a number of areas. I think one is, planning, uh, being strategic with your content, in terms of your information, and how you structure that. Um, so that you're capturing an audience's attention and their interest, but also delivering the value very important. And then the second thing, and I know you'll appreciate this. The biggest challenge I see people have is audio is audio. Um When you're making uh, videos where you're trying to teach people things or even give them information, audio is critical because we get the majority of the information from the audio track. And you've probably heard before, people can excuse or will excuse mediocre video, but bad audio is just a turn off. And I think a lot of times people aren't aware of it. And I don't blame people because I don't think they do it purposely. But I don't think they're aware of it. For example, you'll see people, they'll have a DSLR camera that's about six feet away from them, and they'll have the, the boom mic on it, and they'll talk, and the sound's very echoey and boomy. Right. Now, y- you can hear what they're saying, but there's something distracting about that that reverb and echo and that boominess. And I it cuts down on the intimacy of the connection you're trying to make with the viewer. So I know I get a lot of comments from people on my videos. What mic do you use? You know, what are you doing for your audio? So audio is a a big part, and it really does. Good audio can really elevate a mediocre video.
0: And you sound tremendous as always, and you're using a mic that's pretty much in the ballpark for most video creators to be able to afford. And... For the least technical people to be able to plug into their USB port in their computer and start using uh, with a a couple of clicks uh, on their settings. And so it, it really, a lot of the money goes into, like you said, the very expensive camera equipment, but the audio side isn't that expensive when it comes to getting something that works and gets you in the game. Now, you can spend a lot more and incrementally improve it but to get good quality doesn't have to cost a lot or be technically challenging
1: no and that's it's kind of the i would say uh through line in my youtube channel the the tutorials that i do i typically for the most part do them on software that's either free or open source that for example on the mac that came with the mac and other very inexpensive Uh, video creation tools, even things like PowerPoint, for example, to make video. And I think people appreciate that, wow, I don't need all this expensive stuff to make a good video. It's funny you mentioned this microphone because I was doing a live stream the other day on YouTube on my channel and I was using this microphone and I said, you know, this mic is very inexpensive and it does everything, it sounds good. You don't have to worry about a mixer. It plugs right into your computer you can hear your computer sound back through the microphone. So it's a USB audio interface and a microphone together. Right. So it's, you know, you don't don't need a lot of stuff. And I think that's a barrier for some people. They become overwhelmed with the equipment and think, oh, in order to make a good video, I'm going to need to buy this expensive camera or this expensive microphone. I'm going to need this expensive computer and this expensive software. And it's just not true.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the essentials, and I think maybe with video creation, there's a few other things, but with live streaming, it's a inexpensive external webcam like a Logitech C920. It's a Samsung Q2U or an ATR2100, and you're pretty much good to go. An inexpensive boom arm. Uh, now I have a more expensive one because this is a heavy mic, yeah. but you can, you can get the boom arm, the foam windscreen, and... I think they actually come with it with that mic, but I, a little over a hundred dollars. You're, you're pretty much good to go to get good quality. And then as much as anything, it's, it's the platform for live streaming. It's the platform that you use if the platform is stable. And I think I came to that realization after watching some of the international podcast day, uh, broadcast that. And seeing people using all different kinds of mics. Yeah, I saw that. People around one mic, seeing people not using a mic, seeing people using expensive equipment. And I realized that the the equipment makes this much difference, but using a stable platform versus using one where the video's buffering and the audio's breaking up, that's the big difference, I think, now. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, it all comes down, I learned through my 20 years working in professional broadcasting, people are always asking, what's professional quality, you know, broadcast quality? And I tell people, it's, the the goal is to minimize as many distractions as possible so that the people become engaged in your message. So it's not about, it's not about having the most expensive stuff, it's using the stuff that kind of gets out of the way and doesn't distract, so that you know this connection can happen. So you can hear my voice, you can see me, and that's how we're going to communicate. And, uh, give you an example for example, in the um, mastermind, the member site, the first course is or mini course is going to be a video creation quick start. You know, people ask, so how do I get started in video? What camera do I use or need? So I've put together this uh, quick start course that does away with the theory and, well, here's how the camera works and here's what ISO is. And it's like, none of that. It's like, take somebody who wants to make video, knows little to nothing about it, starting from the ground, and get you making a video and posting it on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you want to. So that I think is a good foundation for people to get into sort of the feel and the process of creating video. And then from there, I'll be expanding and going deeper on all the various topics around video creation, including sound and graphics and animation and things like that.
0: Do you do all your own... Graphics and do your own animation and sound when you're creating videos for yourself or for clients Yeah, I do pretty much
1: everything. I even do a little bit of 3d animation as well. Wow So I've I've learned this over the years Um, I start when I I kind of went independent around 2000 year 2000 (laughs) believe it or not Um, And I started working on a television drama and it was just me it was 2002 it was me and my Sony PD-150, which is on the shelf back there. And I had an audio person, a professional audio person, and I had some gear and I was running around shooting a drama, a half hour drama series. <laughs> and I was I was directing, I was shooting, I was lighting, I was doing everything, producing. And then after we shot, I was editing, doing all the graphics, all the animations, the sound mix. So I've done pretty much everything in in the process of creating video. Mostly, well, half from interest and half from necessity, just of my career. So I've I've done a lot of things. And that's allowed me to, to identify where you, if you have limited resources, where you should put those resources to get the biggest return. The biggest value, and I think that's a skill that I've learned and uh, a skill that I'm proud of because I don't think a lot of people have that. And you have to go through a lot of trial and error and experience to kind of figure out. Okay, actually, no, we don't need a light there. Available light is great. Just get a reflector. You know that kind, those kinds of decisions.
0: We're talking with Michael Kenny. He has a mastermind group for video creators, video how-to uh, mastermind community, which will be starting shortly. You can uh, get on the wait list and be ready when that comes out. You can head on over to LivestreamDeals.com. It's up at the top of the homepage at the top right, and you can uh, click on through find out more information and get your email on that list so you can be among the charter members the first group of people joining up on on this mastermind and not to take away from anyone else who's selling video services out there but michael's got such a wealth of experience on both sides of the camera on uh doing it at a high level for so many years, and you can see the quality. I generally prefer not to put anyone on full screen in a live stream, but to have you, you know, uh, but when I have to cough or take a drink of water or whatever, I'm confident when I have you on, your lighting is perfect, <laughs> background is perfect, your delivery is perfect. You're it, it, So there's so much that people can, can learn from you, and The other thing that stands out is, is your vocal presentation in terms of there's a sort of a calm, uh, just presence that you have when you're speaking. And that's what you see generally in broadcasters who make it to the highest level on television is they're able to, uh, project the seriousness about their, their topic, but also be under control in how they deliver it so that the message gets across. Every word has the appropriate power, the appropriate impact. Do you have any tips for people who may be getting comfortable on camera and getting comfortable in uh, doing video? Uh,
1: Yeah. Now, full disclosure, I I went to broadcasting school. So so I graduated from broadcasting school. And when I started in my career pretty early, I started working in documentaries. So that experience sort of taught me how to deliver information so that people will really understand it. But in terms of, for people who are starting out, I think the biggest, um, I did a whole video on my YouTube channel. I did 20 hacks, 20 different tips for being more confident and, um, and more effective on camera. And the biggest one, because it's the question I always get, people who say, well, I, I, I'm i afraid of judgment. I, I'm afraid what people are gonna say. You know, I'm afraid to be on camera. And that's my first tip in this video. And, and my solution or my answer to them is this. You sort of have to get out of your own head and understand that, like we, right now, Ross, you, we're talking, but really, We're messengers, right? With information, and so I know you feel the same way. That when you're doing your live stream or making a video, it's you're concentrating on making sure the audience gets this information, right? That they get this experience. And when you think about your audience, you get out of your own head. You sort of have to approach things from a position of service. I'm I'm this messenger, and this this message is so important. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think I look like. I don't care what you think about how I sound. This is important and I need to share it. And I think that helps people, again, get out of their own head and feel more comfortable on camera. And the and the next tip is practice. Uh, it, it's hard or it's difficult to, when people first see themselves on camera and hear themselves through a microphone, it's a little startling because that's not how we see ourselves normally, right? Right. You're looking in the mirror, you see yourself, but our faces aren't perfectly symmetrical. So when you look at yourself in a camera, you're seeing what people see, but you're not used to seeing that. So it can be, that's what I look like. And the same thing with a microphone. Well, I hate to sound my voice on a microphone. It's because when you hear yourself speak, you're hearing the sound coming out of your mouth but you're also hearing the sound in your head. So that sounds different than when your voice is coming out of your mouth into a microphone. Right, And so you have to get used to that and that comes through practice. And the more you do that, the more you can gauge how you're gonna come across on camera and it becomes second nature when you go to deliver your content. So those are my two big tips.
0: Yeah. And then every different type of content may call for a different type of delivery. Doing sports would be different than reading the obituary or doing a comedy show isn't going to be the same as delivering world news. And even though you want to sound conversational... There's a different style of sounding conversational and having these conversations, if that's what you do when you have conversations, it's not conversation. Exactly. And when you're
1: delivering, I mean, the majority of uh, content on YouTube, live stream on Facebook, it's information, right? It's information content, information videos, either it's opinion, it's news, it's how to. So information videos kind of have a sort of a very similar sort of delivery in terms of how you want to come across on camera. Like you say, for news, it's slightly different, but it's still, it's still the same as say for a documentary as it is for even opinion. Um, The whole goal is to capture people's attention so that they listen to what you're going to say next.
0: It's very interesting. It's, it's really an art form and it, it, it takes time to, to develop I notice with YouTube that there tends to be a formula that a lot of YouTubers use. It's the quick, here's here's your tease. This is who I am. This is why you should subscribe to my channel. And let's get into it. Let's jump cut. Let's do a lot of uh, sort of pattern interruptions. And then we'll provide you with something else to watch at the end. So you stay with the channel. Is that something that you think is, is a good tech techniques to follow? Or do you think that that isn't really for everyone? And there's maybe better ways that video creators can, can decide to put their content together.
1: Well, YouTube, um, when I started out on YouTube, uh, I had a, a introduction animation. Then I came on camera. And then I had some other elements. And I found that you know, it people weren't responding. I wasn't getting a lot of engagement or views, or people weren't sticking with it. And then I, I stood back and said, what's going on? And then I realized what YouTube is. And this is what it's all about. It's about context. So when you look at YouTube, it's, for all intents and purposes, a search engine. And you have all of this content when you go to the site that's sitting there. So you have so much choice. So that's one barrier you have to get over. So that's why people are making uh, thumbnails that really stand out so that people go, oh, let me click that. That looks interesting. So once you click through there, people want to know, OK, right away, what's in it for me? What's the value? And so you have to deliver that value and say, hey, in this video, I'm going to X, Y, Z. And people go, oh, OK, I'm interested in that. Let me, let me watch a little further. And so then it's about getting right into the content and delivering it. And what I mean is because of the context of YouTube, there's so much competition for your eyeballs and attention. You have to grab people and you have to tell them the value they're going to get from watching your video right up front because people have no patience. People talk about the attention span. They say goldfish. We we have, what, what that means is not that we don't, it's not that our attention spans are the length of a goldfish's attention span it's our our it's the amount of time to grab our interest
0: mm.
1: is the attention span of of a goldfish so 8 seconds or whatever it is and people will make a decision i'm i'm interested i'll go f- further with this or no i'm not interested and click off so that's youtube now on your own website where you kind of control the context and the environment that's a whole different thing you can you can be a little more meandering perhaps, go a little deeper, have a little more detail because people subconsciously, because of the context of what they're seeing, will be a little more forgiving and give you more time to sort of present the value. So it's very much context. And it's the same thing with feeds in Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, right? You're in the scrolling feed and you have to grab people's attention. That's why a lot of people are doing Uh, subtitles and closed captioning so people can read and say, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this and click through. So it, it depends on the context on the platform, as you mentioned earlier. So it's very dependent on those things.
0: I want to bring in a question here from Anita Sonia, because this is a fabulous question. This is what we all probably experience at some point is how do we know if our videos are good? Sometimes the videos we think are the worst are the ones that get good responses.
1: You know what? That's gonna happen all the time. In my entire career, that's happened many times. Every video is different. I've had videos when I worked on a television series, I thought we're brilliant. I spent so much time on them. And then, you know, it, it, it aired. And then I saw the numbers and it was like, you know, and or I talked to people and they're like, oh yeah, that was it was okay. And I'm thinking, why? And then there's videos I did kind of rushed, and you know, and was I thought, oh, I don't know. And then people were. Oh, I love that video you did. So at the end of the day, you have to go, you have to ask yourself, what value are people going to get out of this? Th- that's the bottom line. Um, all the fancy edits and all the effects and things like that, they can enhance the value, but they're not the value. So people walk away and people will keep watching. It's like people who live stream Ross. I can't, I don't, I don't want to live stream. Um, you know, it was terrible. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I have pauses and things. But yet you had great engagement, because people are there for the content. They're there for the value. So if that's your bottom line, to deliver your content, deliver the value well, and minimize distractions to that, like, you know, crazy things going on in your background, or your, your audio sounds hissy, or things like that, or you're out of focus. That's all you can do. And um, every video is going to be different. But that's sort of the bare minimum. Deliver the message, concentrate on the content, and minimize the distractions.
0: And I think what's what's interesting that, that you said is that when you're on these different, doing these different videos, there's so many different ways that people are looking for information. Because I know that when I'm searching for information, I'm not looking to be entertained I'm not looking for a discussion that's gonna I'm going to be engrossed in or a comedy special that I'm going to watch all the way through and laugh at, but I want to know how to get the camera on the tripod or something like that. I'm watching until I get the information I need. I'm not judging. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it, do I like the music? I'm judging, but one thing will I get the information from this video? And then once I get the information that I need, I'm done with the video because I'm not watching it for enjoyment. I'm watching it because I have something I have to get done. And the way we do that today is not going to a bookstore and buying a manual. It's typing the the question into YouTube and watching the first video that comes up. Exactly.
1: And, and some YouTube experts will tell you that, that is a bad strategy they'll say well they they call that being a utility channel so people just search for what they're looking for they get the value and then they leave and they say that's you know that's some experts say that's not a good thing you want to build an audience and i have a a contrary view to that and that's just based on my experience like i don't have hundreds of thousands or millions of subscribers on my channel But all of the subscribers I have, and I love every one of them, are very engaged. And the reason is I give value, but the value is not just learning how to do something. It's that I taught you how to do that. I was able to teach you to do something that you wanted to do or weren't able to do before. There's tremendous value in terms of building a brand with that. And that's what I've learned. So I get people now asking me, can you do a video on podcasting? Can you do a video on all these different topics that they don't understand? Because they think and you know believe that I can teach them where other people couldn't. So if you can make your content accessible and usable and valuable, not only will people get that value, but you'll become that person that they come back to when they want to learn again so that's sort of my contrary <laughs> my contrary yeah. view to many uh, youtube gurus who who think that being a utility channel isn't isn't good
0: i want to say a quick hello to some folks wa- watching on linkedin chris ripka is in the chat welcome thank you for joining us clifford sobel great to have you with us uh christina is here jose antonio thank you everybody for joining us on linkedin and on all the platforms we're on we're going out to six different platforms today uh using Streamyard and restream together we're on facebook we're on twitter periscope twitch youtube and LinkedIn. we're talking with michael kinney he is going to be starting a mastermind group and you can submit your email get on the list by going to livestreamdeals.com. you can also check out the book from our first guest carlos Skills. it's called the end of marketing and michael before we let you go what else are are you working on or is there anything else Uh, That we should be looking for from you soon. I know you have started live streaming and you've got a whole bunch of great videos on your channel. What else can we, uh, what else should we be following right now? Well, I, I
1: attribute this to you, Ross, in terms of the live streaming, um, who, you know, you got me started, inspired me to start live streaming. Uh, So I'm doing a weekly, well, I'm trying to make it a weekly show called Pushing Pixels which is a live stream show right now it's on Facebook, but I'm hoping to multi stream like you're doing right now, Ross. Nice. Um, and so it's a, it's a show where I talk about the issues and, and concerns and challenges of being an independent video creator. And so I sometimes have guests and we discuss all kinds of different topics. And so that's, um, what I'm doing. And I'm also, sort of condensing that into taking taking that live stream and condensing it into a podcast that'll go along with it. So just an audio version of that. I'm still doing my tutorials on my YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, I'm also doing a live stream Q&A on my YouTube channel. I did one, my first one the other day, and my subscribers really enjoyed it and wanted me to do it again. So I'm doing it again. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Ask me next week, Ross. and <laughs> I could be, you know, you, you can find me on Mixer and on Twitch, too. <laughs> Are you gaming also? Or? Who knows, Ross? <laughs> you, you started this, and now I'm just going crazy. I'm going to stream everywhere.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael, Kenny. You can go to LivestreamDeals.com and get more information about his mastermind group. I have never joined a video mastermind, but if I were to join one and I may do so, uh, I'm already uh, gotten myself on that list. Uh, Michael is uh, somebody that I look up to in terms of video creation and the best ways to go about doing it. So thanks. It's It's an honor to have you on the show. Well,
1: thanks for having me, Ross. It's been a pleasure.